Paul, what childhood TV show do you think would be improved by going through a portal into modern-day London? I'm enjoying this this line of questioning that we've had the last few weeks. <laughs> it's it's stretching my stretching my, my camu bone. Yeah, stretching me fukau. I'm just I'm grabbing hold of your horizons and I'm just running the fuck over there with them, <laughs> getting them right out of the way. Oh God! Well, yeah. While while you do that with that concept, <laughs> I suppose I'm just gonna have to say Thundercats because it would be fucking ridiculous <laughs> to have the Thundercats. Just wandering around. <laughs> thunder. Thunder. You're all right, mate. Can you get out of the street? <laughs> well, I, oh, I thought Ow! I was doing a thing. Yeah, well, we're all doing a thing, mate. This is Leicester Square. <laughs> you ruined my selfie. <laughs> Thundercats. Ruining my holiday. <laughs> Everywhere now. They don't even speak that language, do they? <laughs> they just speak in a series of aggressive power ballads. <laughs> I think you'll find we all speak English very well. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right, mittens. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am mighty. Yes, do do whatever that. My name is. I'm mighty character name of established <laughs> law. Yeah, I wish I knew anything. I wish I knew something more about Thundercats before embarking <laughs> on that on that yes and adventure. I think we did remarkably well. <laughs> the trick was to put it in the real world, and then you don't have to worry about the mythos of the original source material. Oh, let's bear that in mind in case we're ever put in charge of a powerful intellectual property. <laughs> that has the obligation to keep watching terrible movies. I'm Paul Power. I dare anything. Today we conclude our beefy trilogy of action-packed muscle man movies with 1987's Masters of the Universe starring Courtney Cox. (laughs) At the far end of the universe, there is a planet ruled by a being of utter evil. And there is only one man who dares challenge him. They are locked in a battle to the death. Only they have the powers to be. Masters of the universe. Live the adventure. That's right, Paul. This one comes straight from the the awful brain mess of Christopher Bond. Fourth of the three baby beard members. Chris has been lurking in the shadows for quite some time now. He will be appearing on the podcast at some point. But he is currently still mm. taking uh, shape and transitioning from his amorphous form. He's just got three more souls to go, guys. He's almost there. <laughs> what are you going to say? He's just got three more toes to go. <laughs> He's got most of his right ass, So it's coming along nicely. He's got one, one soul for one ass and second soul for the second ass. <laughs> I, was my, I lived my whole life just so I could be harnessed into Phil's ass, Christopher's ass, Phil's, <laughs> And Phil's, Phil's ass. ass. Phil's ass is, you know. I mean, we've heard songs about Phil's ass. That people tell <laughs> stories about Phil's ass. Chris yet to take shape and we're all very excited. I can't wait for those songs. <laughs> the film's director has been accused by eight men of molestation when they were minors. This will be the first and only reference to the director of this film in this podcast. So long, asshole. <laughs> Far more importantly, the movie was made by Canon Film and was produced by Yoram Globus and Menahem Golan themselves. Now, if you don't know who these two men are, they were a couple of Israeli filmmakers who made very cheap, very vulgar, very fucking strange movies throughout the 80s. Their greatest successes include Hercules, where Lou Ferrino threw a bear into space. (laughs) 
Invasion USA, in which Chuck Norris battles terrorists in a shopping mall by basically demolishing the shopping mall around the terrorists. Mm-hmm. Thank God he was here. And the Ninja Trilogy, which culminated in Ninja 3 Dominion, in which an American aerobics instructor girl is possessed by a Japanese male ninja. <laughs> I mean, it sounds so good when you say it. It's fucking great. They actually made the Ninja Trilogy is really fun, and they also made all the mis- missing in action movies and okay. a whole bunch, all the Death Wish movies after the first one. With you know how that fucking horrific Michael Winner, but if you put that out of your mind, they're actually pretty <laughs> charmingly camp. There's a bit. There's a bit you've got to put out of your mind. But after that, it's plain sailing. <laughs> it was the 80s. There's always a bit you've got to put out of your mind. <laughs> um, and yeah, every so often they would get the rights to make movies like Spider-Man, which they didn't actually make, but they had the rights for. Superman 4 that they did make and is garbage. The first Captain America movie that no one talks about anymore. <laughs> and Masters of the Universe. And here we are. And here we are. Uh, the film was received by critics like a canon film. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Desmond Ryan at the Philadelphia Inquirer says, He-Man makes the transition from animation to live action. Taking a live actor along for the ride might have helped. Ooh, oh! Very inquisitive. Corpses. Starring corpses. <laughs> yeah, he's Cor- going to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Corpsely cocks. <laughs> very good. It, it's, it would be even better if she gave a flat performance. She could, <laughs> could have been anyone else called Courtney Cox in that film and it would have been great. Fuck. Frank Lang... Lang... Green. Lang- yeah. Languid. Languidler. He was he was also electrifying. <laughs> yeah, shit. Dolph. Yeah, he was the other good one. Dolph Lang- Languidron. <laughs> uh. Gotta work the languid angle. It's, get, it's gonna be yeah. the key. I'm sure of it. It rolls off the tongue. It's easily malleable. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, mate. Nothing beats Corpsley Cox, so we are just <laughs> so we are just gonna have to run her performance into the ground in order to make that joke work. <laughs> that shit actress. <laughs> hate you, Courtney Cox. I hate you, Courtney Cox, and everything about you. You're the worst actor. The very worst one. Rita Kempley at the Washington Post says, Little kids at play have come up with more crafty plots, and better characterization, and conceivably more special effects, provided their mothers let them play with matches. I love the idea that a kid playing with a match would dwarf the special effects capabilities. <laughs> Whoa! Golan and Yoram Globus. <laughs> so, so, um, ah! fucking Dolph Lundgren and Blade, who did all the sword, like the choreography, they're fighting, <laughs> they're just like clanking each other with fake swords, and then the camera just slowly drifts over to a bunch of kids <laughs> setting like to one kid. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it's everything about humanity. It's Werner Herzog working <laughs> the camera. <laughs> there is greater drama in these child play <laughs> than in anything the beefy men could do. <laughs> Oh, God. The, the public also wanted to drive the movie's cursed face from their memories. Nathan Ramiro at Google said, Overall, this film has obtained four. He-Man in tight pants with ponytails out of ten. Laughing Skeletors in pity. Two found this helpful. <laughs> is that a haiku? <laughs> it is, but not in any sort of traditional style that you might have heard of. <laughs> if only Roberto Bolaño were here to tell us what kind of style of poetry this fucking was. Jesus Christ. It's one practiced exclusively on Google. (laughs) Offering some positivity, A. Michiari on Google said, I love He-Man and the Masters of the Universe because He-Man is the most powerful man in the universe. I also like Skeletor because he is also powerful and dangerous and creates problem for He-Man all the time. I also love Teela because she is so cute. (laughs) Join us next week on Every Frame of Painting. Thanks, Tony Joe. That was really good. 
That one. <laughs> the movie has 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, 5.4 yeah. on IMDb, and didn't even manage to make its production budget back. Oops. One of the many, many contributing factors to the dissolution of canon films. Many, many, many. <laughs> many, many reasons. The chief amongst were Menachem Golan and Leorm Globus. So, Paul, you wondrous sorceress. Yes. What's one thing about Masters of the Universe that made you want to look back over the mistakes of your life, pile them together, and call it destiny? I really enjoyed the um the range in the prosthetic masks. Um, that were ba- it basically <laughs> went from from lifeless to from corp corpse Cox to bow selector <laughs> well, in a single was leap. That a face mask that Courtney Cox was wearing. It's very good. <laughs> that was pretty good actually. But other than the face mask that Courtney Cox insists on wearing in her daily life. It was a horror show, Paul. And, and I was, I'm glad to Fantastic. be a part of it with you. <laughs> Me too. Let's hold hands and jump into this fucking well. <laughs> it's uh, time to discuss what happens in the Masters of the Universe. Oh, God. Chomotu. Motu. Chomotu. Okay, well, in Chomotu. In it starts with some very some very interesting effects that um, remind me very, very distinctly of being eight and watching things on VHS <laughs> at two in the morning. That was the effect they were going for. I mean, this is canon films, mate. Fuck yeah. They live off of that eight-year-old feeling. <laughs> oh boy, is it the He-Man theme? Is it the Superman theme? <laughs> no, it's neither of those, but close. <laughs> it could be Star Wars. We don't know. <laughs> we have a very long opening credits, Paul. Um, Fuck yeah. I've got to get everyone cut. in. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's so proud of their work here. They've got to be all listed and be counted. Alan Smitty. Alan Smitty. <laughs> Alan Smitty. And Alan Smitty presents. <laughs> Masters of the Universe, an Alan Smitty story. <laughs> Colon, a Star Wars ripoff. Could we cut to the interior of possibly the Death Star? Maybe. And and John Williams uh, is following the character, all the bad guys into the main room, <laughs> playing the many instruments that he insists on doing all at once. Um, and by um, the main room, and... you mean the only set that they built for this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, it looks great. I appreciate it. They're, they're on a real floor. Yeah. And it's uh, Frank yeah. Langella. It's Nixon himself. Yeah, a Skeletor. The next time they use the key, lock in the source and open a doorway. Shall I prepare a full battalion? No, it may be a trap. We'll send an advance group. Assemble the mercenaries. Have faith, sorcerers. You won't be lonely long. (laughs) We are gonna make those motherfuckers joke! Look at him. He does a party political broadcast from the Skeletor (laughs) party, in which he projects his face to all of his subjects. All of his subjects, the one in the desert. And other places unfilmed. <laughs> the majority of the population have decided to rise up and all three of them decide to <laughs> to they jump through a portal when it gets a bit too serious. Um, yeah. They run into a small sort of dwarven character called Gwildor. Gwildor! Gwildor! Ah. <sighs> Well, not before we do. We do get to see our mighty man Dolph Lundgren as uh, as He Man, and he has he gets to look confused, have a very awkward fight in a costume that doesn't look easy to move in. <laughs> and yeah, at this point they see Gwildor, and I think it's it's either He Man or Man of Arms who calls after <laughs> Tira, who's also there. Um, oh, yeah. Man of Arms and Tira are people, and <laughs> one of them runs after to try and free Gwildor, and one of them just says. It's all right. Help! Um, no, it's all right. No, don't, don't help that thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> now he's going to be with us. Now he's going to be fucking forever. with us. 
It's like it's like <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. He owes us a life debt now. This sucks. He goes around saying things like, "I remember the days we didn't have to lock our doors." <laughs> you know? But back in the day, Skeletor didn't rule the, the entire galaxy. <laughs> back in the so day, it, in a way, times really have changed. They actually have. Ever since we all voted <laughs> for that guy with a skeletal face. <laughs> we should have known better in retrospect. 51% actually voted against him, and he still managed to <laughs> turn oh, that into a victory. Here we fucking go. I knew this was going to be a partisan, anti-Skeletor podcast. Every time. Look, the point is, Skeletor really spoke to a large section of the population who felt <laughs> underrepresented. <laughs> he thought it was about time that, that their souls were crushed and consumed. <laughs> They enter this little fucker's home with their guns raised, just in case there are more of these things in here, because we're not having two. <laughs> we do get some shots of Teela's butt, but it never feels gratuitous. It's more like we just couldn't get the camera up to shoulder level in this set, <laughs> so we just kind of stay down here. And unfortunately, Teela's just the one who's wearing lycra. Well, they had to cut away from Dolph Lundgren's glistening thorax, <laughs> at least, like, time to time. <laughs> His so... glistening thorax and shining mandibles. <laughs> he's, a hell of a, he's a hell of a beast. His powerful his, jaw. His proboscis flapping um, in the wind. <laughs> they, they go to Earth. Oh, because the, the key that um, Gwildor's got <laughs> is uh, it goes wrong. It does a fuck up. It does a fuck. Yeah, it they... fucks up. Uh, oh, and Skeletor, incidentally, has trapped the Supreme Sorceress in a blinking light. But they get oh, yeah. away from that and they go yeah. into a powerful portal that is torn open in the Earth woods, gently moving the foliage <laughs> around it. Whoa! <sighs> <laughs> couple of r- r- raccoons go, oh, shit. Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn lands in like a puddle or something. Yeah. And, oh. um, and everyone's like, <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> Where the fuck are we? <laughs> ah! <laughs> We've got no precedent for this. <laughs> Can we breathe the air? <gasps> <gasps> Maybe. <laughs> Am I br- breathing my own biceps we'll, right now? We'll find out if we die. Luckily, they transport into Terminator 1 in the 1980s. <laughs> Sarah Connor's off having a, a much better movie somewhere else. Um, so we focus on her, her lesser-known workmate, Corpsney Cox. He's actually not he's quite good. Should, should point that out. Yeah, we suppose. Um, it was a good nickname, though. Yeah, and basically Sarah Connor's story right up until she meets the Terminator and is changed forever yeah. for, for the better. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, um, I mean, she does. She talks about how you know she's working. She's in Friends, basically. She's working in the diner. Yeah. She's in around season three of Friends, where she gets that job in the sort of Peggy Sue diner, and um, she yeah. says, the "Best thing for me to do right now is to get three thousand miles away from Kevin, my house, this town, and everything, and just start out fresh." That's Kevin. <laughs> you said to give me a ride to my house. <laughs> Bye. Because there's also Kevin. Kevin Corrigan. Oh my oh god! Fuck! I hope he's a main character. Oh, he is. Great, great. <laughs> the kid in the audience is just he man. <laughs> it's gonna happen one. Don't soon. worry, it's, it's it's coming. It's coming. It's, def- it's definitely coming. Definitely coming. Oh. <laughs> her her mum from Friends is also the the Oracle sorcerer lady. There's a lot. There's a lot of weird foreshadowing that's going on behind the scenes there. Frank Langella's involved. You know, in this movie, Courtney Cox's mum, who appears as a vision at various points. Oh, they're both dead, by the way. Yeah. They died in a plane crash. Oh yeah. Courtney Cox's mum is actually Chris Pratt's mum. Really? There's a lot of good yeah. mum trivia in this film. <laughs> there's something for every mum. Every kind of mum. <laughs> oh fuck. Um. Yeah. So yeah, they go off and they go to eat ribs and chicken. And he remarks, "Oh, what a great last date this has proven yeah, to be." That's right. She's like, "I want to go to the cemetery and say goodbye to my dead parents." It's just getting hotter and hotter. Well, 
Goodbye, boner, he says. His, his eyes his eyes say that. And then his mouth also says that. Yeah. Um, he He's a real prick. And she's like, oh, you're right, I am. I'm definitely a bitch here. Um. Anyway, they find yeah. they find the key that Gwildor has been has lost in their their <laughs> mega jump that they did that they fucked. And um, he goes, "Oh, brilliant! A synthesizer." Yeah. And because uh, it because it also plays it plays notes. It plays a music in order to unlock the time holes. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a fabulous bit of dream logic, really, because they pick it up and one of them says, "It's a synthesizer." And it's like, "Well, it's not a synthesizer. It's a key." But then it starts working as a yeah. synthesizer. It's like, is this fucking is this an acid trip that's happening to this kid? And he's going to picture all of the astonishing Dolph Lundgren-related shenanigans <laughs> that are coming his way. So Skeletor's like, as soon as they use the key, we shall find them. And they use the key. And it's like, okay, next time they use the key, we're going to get them. <laughs> I mean, why can't yeah. we get them now? No, no, no. Next time they use the key, then we'll get them. <laughs> yes. Well, you said that last time. You- Quiet, I've got to ad-lib some lines from Macbeth. That's how they'll know I'm Frank Langella. <laughs> um, Quiet Evil Lynn, which is your name, ridiculously. Eventually it happens again, and they're like, um, ah, time is of the essence. Oh, fucking is it now? <laughs> well, anyway, yes, I've got some henchmen here. Oh, cool henchmen. Let's have a look at these. Blade. <laughs> <laughs> look at Blade. He looks look like fucking. Fool. He looks like Arthur Matthews with an earpiece. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Who the fuck is next? Sarad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sauron. look at Aglotis. I love Saurod as well. Saurumond. Yeah. <laughs> the Beast Man. Beast Man. The Beast Man. <laughs> and Karg. <laughs> Karg. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> You're Glorax. <laughs> Fucking cheese thief. <laughs> Fuck me. Dave, lead these mighty warriors. <laughs> Dave is your boss, everyone. Listen to Dave. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Dave Ooh. the Conqueror, we shall call you. Because <laughs> that oh, is your God. real name. Um, meanwhile, Corpsley Cox and Kevin <laughs> have gone to the school gymnasium. You might be wondering about He-Man. Yeah, you might be. <laughs> So they go back to the school gymnasium and Courtney Cox says something like, um, God, it's going to be so weird not being here for graduation. I mean, it would be weirder if you were there, considering you're about 25. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whose graduation are you talking about specifically? (laughs) Can't believe I'm going to miss little Julie's graduation. She's 17 years younger than me. (laughs) Anyway, you again, this- come back! And then they do the big train being chased by police out of the the scene thing. Excellent. Um, Um, The aliens attack, right? And He-Man... He, he she, struggles she them runs, off. She runs away, and He Man appears and just says, Stop! Allow me, a muscular stranger, to pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> a muscular, mostly naked stranger. Let me just pick you up and lead you away. Here, have a gun. <laughs> I'll put you at ease. <laughs> and it goes very well, actually. Um, <laughs> Corpse and Corpse is fine, and um, I mean, yeah. He Man is just displaying all of his prowess in these millisecond long shots. 
<laughs> that make up that supposedly make up a fight scene and they yeah, run away they, they've they been bested apparently meanwhile kevin ran off in order to go see his mate yeah. who um who who predicts that the item might be japanese exactly like kevin predicted earlier and it's like japanese i don't think so look at this <laughs> this can make noise <laughs> japanese haven't figured that out yet they, no way japanese only exist in a couple of dimensions and it's not the ones you expect <laughs> He is then able to tune... He notices some police cars going past, and so he picks up a small house that he's got lying around and uses that to tune into the police frequencies <laughs> that tell him that Courtney Cox is in trouble. They race over to the gymnasium where Detective Donald Pleasance is on the scene. <laughs> yeah. What do you think we found it? Listen, we got vandalism, arson, we got a lot of bad stuff going on around here, kid. What do you know about it? Who is actually... I thought he was familiar. He's the fucking principal from Back to the Future. Yes. Strickland. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Strickland! That famous line of Marty <laughs> McFly's. I've seen Back to yeah. the Future. <laughs> well, Courtney Cox is obviously terrified um, and, you know, really shaken up by the existence of aliens and assassins and having almost been killed. She is fucking delighted to meet Ken- Commander at Arms and Teela, though. Biggest <laughs> smile on her face that you can imagine. Oh my god, you guys! Never mind that. Gwildor! Oh, Gwildor! You what? <laughs> oh, I've got a bow selector horror mask. <laughs> What ensues is about half an hour of crazy hijinks between with, with He-Man, Man at Arms, Teela, yeah. Corpsney Cox, Kevin Corrigan, Gwildor, and then Kevin Corrigan goes off and they have like a double act with Strickland, and that's yes. funny because their arc is more of a it's a like snake eating itself. Strickland goes off and aliens attack, and Kevin tries throwing a napkin at them, but it just doesn't work. <laughs> and now they've tried everything. He, they put a, a truth thing on him. And he's like, oh, yeah. the policeman took the key. Where is the policeman? I don't know. All right, well, I guess we'll just keep tracking the key. <laughs> That's what we've been doing so far. We've gotten pretty close a couple of times. Now I'm here, evil Lin. Oh, incidentally, Skeletor killed Sar- Sarusond. Yeah. Leaving only... She wasn't even the one who answered back. <laughs> that was Blade. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I haven't got any ears. <laughs> so, I've just been guessing so far. It's worked out okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be or not it just cuts to the next thing <laughs> that just leaves um blade beast man and korg <laughs> they all finally meet up they've, they've got the key now and yes. gwildor has to fix it to try and make make it work they don't again. have the key just yet because they find kevin in the oh, house with the truth collar on <laughs> they find kevin in the house with the truth collar on and she's like yeah. what is this it's a it's a truth collar oh did you fuck megan uh, feeling sleepy, drowsy. <laughs> Drowsiness is not a side effect of the truth collar. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> is this is this part of the truth collar thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> Get this fucking thing off me! Pleasance is off point, uh, pointing at people when the gang <laughs> finally managed to catch up with him and now they have the key. He tries to pull a gun on them, but then Tira... Well, she doesn't kick the gun out of his hand, but she, she kicks the hand with the gun. <laughs> it's very awkward. She now owns Strickland. <laughs> and Also, there's a gunfight in a music shop. There's a gunfight in a music shop. It's quite good. People get thrown into instruments, yeah, destroying good. potentially... Thousands of dollars of, uh, of hardware there. <laughs> of of and, keytars. Yeah, it's like the Janet Jackson video. It's, <laughs> it's all cyclical. Courtney Cox smiles creepily and runs off to see Chris Pine's mum, who's also her mum. Chris Pratt or Chris Pine, Paul? You've got to be consistent <laughs> with Chris's. <laughs> Fuck, I don't even know anymore. Chris Pine. Uh, she <laughs> oh, she cool. does this. She smiles and sneaks out whilst yeah. her ex-boyfriend is wrestling with a fucking maniac cop. <laughs> 
With a gun. With a gun. When it's the world like, is oh, at stake. They'll be fine. Yeah. Mum! And she, and she goes out and the mum goes, oh, I've missed you so much. Can you get me the key? <laughs> Can you... Yeah, right. Right, mum. Yeah, all right, nice one. So she walks in. <laughs> they're still fighting with the gun. Like a, like a life or death struggle. And she goes, yeah, I've got this, actually. This is my chance. And so she takes... She just takes it easily off of Gwildor and gives yeah. it to her mum. And then it's obviously not her mum. <laughs> because obviously. You know, there are two kinds of disbelief you've, you've got to suspend for that, for this to work. <laughs> you, you fucked it up, Corpsley Cox. Yeah, you really fucked it. Evil Janet then uses the, um, <laughs> uses the key to bring forth Skeletor. And I, at this really? point, I notice there's 40 goddamn minutes left in this fucking movie. Yeah, and you know, we could have easily avoided that if Courtney Cox would have just not stolen that fucking key. <laughs> said no and then it just cuts to end credits oh god it, it goes badly um Dolph Lundgren jumps on a flying surfboard which is terrible he makes use of the fact that no one can grip onto anything in this world in order to get the key back Skeletor hilariously sneaks up on him using his giant floating throne <laughs> yep I don't want innocent people to die well said T-Bag was it um I mean he <laughs> pronounced maybe that was actually because Dolph Lundgren didn't speak English at the time so maybe that was yes. just an actual line of the real person playing Man at Arms. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> Finally, we can go home, says Man at Arms. Use it. Use every bit of it, says Manalam. Oh, Gullen. Christ. <laughs> I'm loving this. Loving this. It's so real. They, oh. they get captured because, um, well, script, and then they, um, yep. and then they break free. Skeletor somehow gets He-Man even more naked. Um, he goes <laughs> back to the castle with He-Man, leaving the humans. Yeah, and they eventually find a way over to his dimension using fucking music or something. I don't know. Well, this the is... music was in Kevin Corrigan all along. It was in his heart and balls all the time. Skeletor becomes an actual god and so gets a tinfoil helmet and can push people a bit. <laughs> and then comes Worth the it. infamous um, sword fight, which is <laughs> it comprises the majority of the IMDb trivia of how wonderful <laughs> this sword fight is. Fantastic. And, oh boy, Paul. There's some clanging. There's some yeah. banging. And then it's <laughs> I mean, that's it. It's over. It's over. Donald Pleasance has made a fucking king for some reason. Yeah. He's got a <laughs> wife. A castle. Where did you get all these things? <laughs> when did you this didn't happen? earn any of that. <laughs> you had a shotgun. You had a shooter. You've done literally nothing to help the cause. You've hinted us many times. <laughs> what are you doing? He-Man says to Kevin, um, you make sure you look after this lady. Uh, we're breaking up, actually. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's awkward. You know what? We actually yeah. didn't learn all that much about each other um, during this adventure. <laughs> I didn't really understand your dynamic. Uh, yeah. Any, anyway, safe journeys. That's not what we say. I, I'm, I'm gonna leave. So <laughs> they go through the Everyone portal leave. and for some reason end up Marty McFly'd back into their beds for some reason, even though that's not how it works. <laughs> and... How do you know, Paul? <laughs> because of the movie I watched. <laughs> Against that advice. Is no, that is not a reliable source. <laughs> and whose fault is that? So, <laughs> they, they, they're fine. Oh, Courtney Cox's parents aren't dead anymore because, I don't know. Yeah. She <laughs> earned it? Was. Yeah. That's how, that's how death works, I think. Courtney Cox decides to stay where exactly where she is now. Exactly where you are. That wasn't even the melody. Not even close. <laughs> stay in your, stay in your <laughs> lane, where kids. Where you are... Yeah, that'll do. That was close enough yeah. to an actual song. That was He-Man, the masters of the universe. <laughs> Paul, what did you think of it? Fucking hell. Um, oh, it's a film of mistakes, I think, Paul. Mm. It's a, f- a film of terrible <laughs> mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
it was kind of weird and went in an interesting direction a couple of times that just made me sit up and go, oh, okay, that was interesting. Was like, key as a synthesizer thing was fun and yeah. sure, whatever. But it was just very shoddily made and made some oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> bizarre choices. <laughs> yes, they did. And part of that is down to the production, which I can shine a bit of light on too. Um, Please so do. the film was actually intended to save both Canon Films and Mattel, both of whom were running out of money. Um, and it shows. Mm. Uh, they did have some talent in it. William Stout was the production designer of this film, who also worked on The Mist, The Prestige, and Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, wow. Yeah, so a bit of pedigree there. I mean, he was never the production designer on any of those things. He was um, he was the milkman. But um, no, he was in the art departments, you know, so he, he contributed good work. He's the prestigious gadget guy. Oh, fuck. So okay. I guess like that cage and such. They yeah. got Interesting. And, yeah. Yeah, he figured out how to replicate Hugh Jackman for real, and they just kept in the movie. And then and then they killed him because he got too powerful. <laughs> around the time of The Greatest Showman, the real Hugh Jackman retired and just sort of sat around. Actually, he got old super quick, and he's the one in Logan. All the rest are um, a different Hugh Jackman. It's a rich tapestry. It's a really beautiful kind of narrative there. A tale of two Jackmans. <laughs> it's the only tablet I'm interested in. <laughs> Hash at, at the British Library. Come on. <laughs> So, yes, everyone in the production loved Frank Langella and what he was bringing, and yes. everyone was really worried about Dolph Lundgren and what he was he's, bringing, namely yeah. his accent. Yeah. I've been looking for you. Don't be afraid, I won't hurt you. Now, why are you so important to Skeletor? Consequently, they kind of refocused the fucking story around Skeletor and cut He-Man-focused scenes oh. and tried to go about redubbing him, but that fell through due to contract stuff and also money. Good God, yeah. money. We, we cannot literally nothing we've got nothing <laughs> money was actually being siphoned from superman 4 into masters of the universe which is oh, why shit. superman 4 looks slightly worse than this i like the everything that i read about the production for this movie was they they really wanted to m- make it better but then they just ran out of time and money <laughs> <laughs> so they went ah well the movie actually shut down four days before filming was due to end <laughs> Meaning that they couldn't shoot the climactic fight between He-Man and Skeletor. And so they basically shot the lights cutting out. That was the last thing they were allowed to shoot before Menahem Golan started literally kicking people out of the studio. They shot the lights going (laughs) off. That way they could just go to like a lot or something, throw a spotlight on them and film the end of the fight. (laughs) And even after that, like the production team had to raise money themselves in order to finish the actual fucking movie. And it's... It's insane, really. Just that's not, I mean, that's not how Holland. you do a film. But uh, yeah, but... the point is they had some good people involved. They just didn't have any money to actually yeah. do anything about it. And it permeates the entire film. You know, the the effects. Yeah. Uh, like they're adorable and quite charming sometimes. Yeah. Um, yes. But the, the prosthetics, I mean, Skeletor's face, it's frozen mm. in a state of constant mild surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so when he's screaming... You know, Frank Langella is really giving it both barrels. He's emptying both balls yeah. into this role. And he's <laughs> it, he's screaming at people and, and really, you know, delivering some really lovely lines, actually. And there's some Shakespeare references in there. But the, the yep. face All is of which just, he improvised. Yeah. The, the face is just stuck. It's just frozen in a sort of mild, like, clemency. Like, clemency. So yeah. it's... it's <laughs> Hi, guys! You know, it's, it's really... Um, there's a real sort of dissonance <laughs> there in what we're experiencing. It's not, as, not as bad as some of his fucking soldiers, though. Oh, God, yeah. The fucking, who, who is it? Is it Beast Man? <laughs> who's just the guy with the big white... He looks like an old troll. He looks like Clark. That fucking Death Eater. There's a Death Eater in Harry <laughs> Potter with the same hairstyle. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's a very... 
it's campy and i can mm. see why some people were charmed by it i can see that there was genuine effort here to try and make something and yeah. frustration i can totally understand the frustration that people wanted to go see a he-man fantasy mm. movie and that most of it is set on earth which wouldn't be a problem if you still figured out a way to make he-man the lead mm. And the fact that they had no trust in their lead and felt the need to invent two human analog characters, which was a very common trope yeah. in the 1980s. It's like, oh, people won't invest in these sort of superheroes. And, you know, it's, it's not like we can make them human. So we'll just have to introduce Billy, the kid who hangs around and is, yeah. you know, the human one. And it's it, it oh, was love me. all along. Yeah. <laughs> it, and add on top of that, you know, the fights were just a bit silly. It's it's hard to say they don't, don't yeah. look like they're well choreographed, but the editing is so awful. You know, yeah. the, the it it does the thing that it, you know the terrible all time most terrible thing of cutting on every impact, and it just cuts yeah, yeah. arbitrarily to Dolph Lundgren's glistening body rather rather than the fight itself you're just seeing his various muscle muscles interact with one another and and then it would just go back to the <laughs> which effect. is dynamic yeah <laughs> it is dynamic it is pretty it's pretty good but it's not enough to carry a film not one that's an hour and 46 minutes paul <laughs> there's just there's there's a yeah. there's a very large element of oh i should ah fuck it to everything in this film <laughs> yeah there really is yeah, and I think that's it. That's just the attitude that permeated the whole yeah. thing. But it did have some charming moments, and I think we should probably get to those. Let's. Let's quickfire. Quickfire. I mean, so much of the production design looks good. Castle Grayskull looked great in that mm. map painting. It just... And it, it, I liked the throne room. It was a good set. Mm. It was a set that was actually designed for the climactic sword fight, which they didn't end up shooting there. No. The, the first couple of bars of the opening theme... The opening music, um, I thought <laughs> yeah. was really good, and then it got very, very cheesy. It got very derivative of Superman. Yeah, it sort of straddled that and Star Wars, the, like the entire movie. I yeah. thought. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the there's basically the Imperial March when the bad guys first walk yeah. into the throne room. And I mean, the the bad guys are just stormtroopers in black. Yeah, which apparently was necessitated by Mattel saying that He-Man could not be seen doing any harm to anyone. Yeah. Or like even being nasty to them. And so, so they made robots. more robots. Yeah, yeah but uh... that doesn't mean you have to make them look like stormtroopers. Yeah. I think they actually got Ralph McQuarrie to come in and do the designs. You know, you could make other robots. Can you, Paul? What do you know about robots? <laughs> have you ever taught one to love? <laughs> one taught me to love. <laughs> it was weird. That does explain a lot. Look, when a man and a, when a mummy and daddy love each other very much, they connect their E three connector port to each other's um wide diagnostic nozzle, <laughs> and um after some deep throbbing, there is um eventually the necessary transfer of code to uh, facilitate reproduction. But sometimes people are born with a USB C component, <laughs> and you know that that's not compatible with everybody. It doesn't make them unusual or strange, but um, it just take, it'll take a little bit of time for people to get it. Apple. Fucking Apple, sort your shit out. <laughs> I mean, there are converters available. I'm not saying that you definitely should, but, um, yeah. you know, you could look into it as an option. I will point out a couple of good special effects. First okay. of all, the laser impacts. I mean, it happens way too often, and there's something fairly undynamic about mm. the gunfights. But when a laser actually hits someone and sparks go flying everywhere, mm. it's pretty good. Mm. And I also like the effect on the light thing whenever they open the key. Yes. It's, it's good. It's kind of, yeah, mm. it's eerie. In a good way, and I, I liked the uh, the the little theme that comes from the key as well. Oh yeah. 
You know, that becomes a very rousing um, refrain that they play many, many times for the rest of the film. An arousing refrain, you say? Mm. Good stuff. Whenever Dolph Lundgren smiles, it's lovely to see. <laughs> and, 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 and when, um, when he turned up to the, the school fight, I was actually a little bit oh, yeah. p- pleased. I was kind of happy just to know that very soon he and Corpsey Cox would come together. And be in this movie yeah. together. I went, oh, that's going to be nice <laughs> to that, see. And that Monica Geller would interact with fucking Ivan Drago. Yeah. It was fairly exciting. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the gym fire was pretty good. I'm pretty sure if you look carefully, you'll see that there are seven other canon films um, sort of shooting crews also capturing the fire for their movie. <laughs> but still, it looks like they actually set a fire, which was impressive. That's, you always got to appreciate a proper fire. <laughs> We've found a school and they want to get rid of their bandstand. So, and they said they can do it any way we like. So, yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> elephants. Fire? Fire. This one's fire. I'm going to tear it apart by elephants. <laughs> Set it on fire for Masters of the Universe and have it torn apart by elephants for Death Wish 4. <laughs> Fuck that movie. <laughs> Charles Bronson can come in and look disapprovingly at the elephants. <laughs> no dice. Um, <laughs> no, I, I've written the line, I have assembled your greatest warriors cut to a Dutch angle of the weirdest looking pricks in history. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> I was quite happy with that. And I think it lends, it just adds definition yeah. to the movie that we were watching. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was in the script. <laughs> um, Interior. A couple, <laughs> I like a couple of Evil Lynn's uh, gadgets. Oh yeah. Um, she's got a time viewing thing that like when you move the screen over oh, yeah, locations, cool. show you the past. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And she's also got a uh, hologram machine that she can use to like say, we're looking for this, mm. you know, and it'll, yeah. do you, do, it'll do you up a hologram. That's cool. Look, the cut to the diner was definitely unexpected. I didn't know anything about this movie. And suddenly when they switched to Earth, I went, oh, <laughs> oh okay. Because I wasn't exactly. And they cut to friends. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I wasn't exactly enthralled by what was going on. On he <laughs> world, suppose, yeah. he Whatever world, <laughs> Eternia, sir. Wait, he's a he man. He's got jock, <laughs> jock strap. I was going for. I ran out of syllables. Oh fuck, I'm pretty tired. You know Chaz and Dave. <laughs> you can take it from here. Chaz and Chaz or Dave. There's a bit where Courtney Cox is kneeling over a uh, very terrified Kevin who doesn't know what the fuck's going on, and Gwendor is just about. Native clothing. Lots of it. All over the place. <laughs> if we dress like this, no one will recognize us. What the hell is that? See? <laughs> That's Gwildor. Look, Kevin, I'll explain to you as we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Gwildor. Yeah. Tell <laughs> about it. Just go back to the start. I, I like the opening voiceover for a change. It was very Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, and, yeah. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that for the nostalgia hit. They should have had the guy from the Super Friends. In a distant galaxy. I mean, they should have, but... Or Howard... It's very expensive. Or the Howard the Duck guy. Masters of the Universe! <laughs> you gonna buy that idea? George Lucas is interested. Oh, Courtney Cox's wound was gross. Oh, uh, yeah. She gets shot in the leg with a weird thing. It's all bubbly and mm. kind of blistery. It's, ugh. Unpleasant. Ooh, good. Yeah, surprising for a film of this caliber. Uh, I enjoyed the grunts, the robots getting flung into the musical instruments, smashing acoustic guitars and things. It looked quite good. Um... Because it was a real thing, and you just you actually saw it; it didn't cut away. <laughs> Always an advantage. And anyway, when you know when musical instruments break, they have that kind of twang thing, where like, <laughs> oh, all that potential beauty, and no more, <laughs> undone. <laughs> it was the existential tragedy of these instruments being destroyed forever. 
no more ballads for me. <laughs> throws them into a keytar and it's just like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, turns out anyone can play it. <laughs> turns out it's fucking easy, Gary Newman. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I like just at the end, this is actually my last one. I like Donald Pleasance and the okay. shotgun, just blowing people away. <laughs> it, again, it was very much like his spiritual ca- um, counterpart. Donald Pleasance. If Dr. Yeah. Loomis was in this movie, he would just grab a fucking shooter and have a go at it. And yeah, I'd, I'd give him a princess for that. Give him a wife or two for that. He's earned, he's earned at least a princess. He's <laughs> earned a wife. Her. She's hurt you, you, you belong to him now. <laughs> Bill, okay. let him have yours. Oh, <laughs> There's, um, when they introduce, they're trying to replicate the music for the key, and um, Kevin Corrigan brings in a, a keyboard, because the music was in him all along, and he does a little, like, scale swipe of... And 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 Gwildor goes, <laughs> no, you know, never like he's been presented with a wild snake. Um, yeah, it's very good. <laughs> There's a bit where Dolph just high kicks a guy, Dolph. and um, he high kicks someone, and it's a full shot, and then he just fucking shoves someone about fifty feet along the floor, and it looks great. It's like Michael Shannon breaking out of the FBI in, oh, that in was Boardwalk Empire. The best moment ever. The most tele- <laughs> the most cinematic moment ever put on television. It's it's currently um it's vying for the most mentions in OGT history with uh, the Guy Fawkes signature. <laughs> Reminded me of a Gaspar Noe moment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll segue segue into the one good thing with Skeletor's hover throne. The the first shot of him on the hover throne is just it begins on as a close up of his face and then it slowly <laughs> pans out and it's it's the spaceballs method of revealing an extremely large um object and it just keeps panning out and and it's just this hover throne that is bigger than you could ever imagine or want or comprehend and it just keeps <laughs> going and you've got Skeletor's fixed mild surprised expression with sort of da 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 over the, over the top just kind of, of like mm. <laughs> you're gonna be silly. surprised oh stupid <laughs> very stupid and I think ultimately the best thing about Masters of the Universe is probably the person that all the crew liked best <laughs> I don't want to put Dolph Lundgren down too much he was fine in this he would have been fine with more scenes I think they really overestimated the language issue I don't you know fine Ooh, I think they could have given him more than three goes to, to get his, <laughs> his lines right yeah, that would be good. Yeah, there's a... Uh, Paul, I'm a Jean-Claude Van Damme fan. I mean, if anything, more, like, incomprehensible, ridiculous <laughs> pronunciations would have just made this all the more entertaining. Yeah, that's true. But as it happened, they focused on Frank Langella instead. And it's not, yes. a, it's not a bad thing, because... It's not a bad trade re- I, I really enjoyed him. Yeah, he's great in this. He is improvising his own lines. He's doing a lot of very strange moments, including the fucking line... Tell me about the loneliness of good, He-Man. Is it equal to the loneliness of evil? Huh? Very odd concept to throw in in the middle of a sword fight. <laughs> Let's see if I can defend it. Very different film. <laughs> yeah. He thinks he's making Ingmar Bergman's Masters of the Universe. <laughs> I would like to see that. Um, yeah, he's he's going from, you know, murderous and villainous. And then there's this really, this scene where He-Man's being tortured. And he's almost... He's in his weird, vulnerable state, sort of leaning on his staff for support and yeah. muttering to himself almost. And, and, and then it just goes straight to the other end of the spectrum into, again, like bloodthirsty despot. And then it ends, I think, with the Neil! Neil! With him doing the sort of robotic pointing and then bringing his arm back and doing the pointing again. It's very, it's controlled chaos. It's all over the place, but it feels like it's it's the cage rage at its best because it feels in, like completely intentional and controlled. <laughs> I feel like we've 
really gone against our mantra here, which was the idea to have a Burly Man trilogy, because in all three movies, consistently, the Burly Men have been shown up by a different member of the cast. You think of Mr. Mm. Nanny, the bad guy was the best part. In this, you know, the bad yeah. guy is better than Dolph Lundgren. And in Mortal mm. Kombat Annihilation, I don't know who what was specifically was better than Shao house. Kahn, but yeah. <laughs> Any, <laughs> anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this? We were the heroes of that movie. <laughs> We were the MVPs of that cast. All right, so that is Masters of the Universe. It's quite campy, somewhat charming. It's certainly an 80s time capsule. Mm. But it is also a bit of a shame because it's a movie that actually maybe could have been good or interesting. And if Manola Golan wasn't, and um, the other guy, if they weren't also funding 84 other films at the same time, this might have actually been kind of entertaining. So Shame on you, Kofi Annan. (laughs) Fuck those guys, and you, Mustafa Akkad. (laughs) Anyway, Paul, how about the OGT? I have the OG team (laughs) right here on my phone. (laughs) And Stuart Watkinson at Stuart Wright says costume design was pretty damn good. The bounty hunters, while super campy in retrospect, were a young kid's dream. Yeah. The synth. How easily (laughs) Mr. Strickland slid into a detective role. (laughs) Agreed. Whoa, what is this? (laughs) <laughs> what's going on here and and he says and the set design was fairly elaborate holds up better than the star wars prequel green screens and that's true very crucially set singular <laughs> the yeah. set that they designed was indeed very good <laughs> and then the warehouse they found was also good <laughs> and then um sean flell um comes back to say it paved the way for the new he-man which is being filmed here in adelaide so it may have indirectly given me some acting work <laughs> Also, that theme song's pretty goddamn dope. Thank God for how incapable the fucking 80s were in making good movies. It really has <laughs> made great things for Mr. Philel. I would like to see where his his career is going based on our next episodes. <laughs> Thanks, OGT. Power. Thanks, OGT. Nice. Paul, what's your one better thing? The one better thing. Well, my one better thing is well it should be aquaman shouldn't it it's a shame i already recommended it for gods of egypt when really i should have recommended 300 for egypt's will god and aquaman for this especially as it's a better (laughs) gerard butler film but 300 is also tenuously linked to this film through the medium of sweaty man nipples and stylistically it's just about on the right side of oversaturated it's fun and not a little bit silly yeah it's a good balance of what Khmotu tries to juggle um and it's all the better for the ruddy hot blooded blokes like us because it's quite gory and if one thing manly blokey blokes like it's a little bit of scuffling and tussling isn't it <laughs> i don't know why it's so rare for me to actually enjoy Zack snyder's style of action but that and watchmen with the slowing up yeah. and speeding up are pretty much the only times it worked for me and i'm not entirely sure why i think it's just he kept the camera at a distance you know gave us a lot of nice yeah. wide shots but yes i mean it is quite silly it's you know it's it's very dated i think but also it is kind of cool yeah, and definitely there was a very excellent folding ideas episode on the kind of problematic presentation of persian culture as this kind of coded homosexual you know um subversion of traditional masculinity which then gets hunted down by macho fucking gerard butler but how they kind of establish and set the world to be such a way that it's kind of forgivable and just part of the campiness of it. It's a very interesting That's video, interesting. so I'd give it a watch. Uh, folding cool. Ideas on 300. And I'm sticking with nonfiction for my recommendation because my recommendation is that rather than Masters of the Universe, you watch Electric Boogaloo, the wild untold story of canon films. It's available on Amazon <laughs> Prime for just a couple of quid. And yeah, it's a uh, documentary about canon films and about... Um, 
Uh, very specifically, it's about the two cousins, Menahem Golan and uh, Yoram Globus, and how they started off with a very sort of simple but passionate idea to make movies. That's what they wanted to do, is they wanted to make movies. They really didn't care mm. if they were any good whatsoever. They just wanted to be out there making them. And it gets said in the documentary, which is as much a sort of love story, a love letter to them, as mm. it is a sort of critique of what they've done. You know, it, it they maybe did have this great passion to want to make movies but they never really cared enough to stick with it and actually just make one movie at a time and commit and try oh, and make no. it good they just wanted to move on to the next thing and they were kind of crazy they were like those kind of bullshit corporate guys you get now who are all about positive yeah. visualization they one year apparently took over the Cannes Film Festival which got nicknamed the Cannon Film Festival that year uh, which they did right. by investing a tremendous amount of money about much as much as they would need to make 10 of their movies movies and just bought fucking advertising in all of the trade papers signs that they erected all the way around the festival and just it's sheer madness and what's even crazier is that they actually did work with some interesting directors because they were quite hands off as long as you were bringing it in under budget they kind of left you to it which attracted the like of um, Jean-Luc Goddard at one stage they had a uh, mm. John Cassavetes film did actually work with some good people they brushed shoulders with quality um, but never it's more than can be said for most of us <laughs> and they made runaway train which is a legitimately good action movie sort of um directed by andre i'm gonna massacre his name kosh konchalovsky yeah a story by akira kurosawa interestingly <laughs> but um yeah they made some interesting films but they also made a whole bunch of shit and it's pretty entertaining shit and you will see a highlight reel of like the oh, death cool. wish movies and invasion usa and the breaking break dancing movies and as Rotten Tomatoes correctly points out, it is probably more entertaining than watching most of their films. Although I do reserve as particular fondness for the ninja trilogy. Cool. Including the one where an aerobics instructor gets possessed by a fucking ninja. Perfect. What more could you want? Check it out. Electric Boogaloo. And I think that'll just about do it for The One Better Thing. The One Better Thing. Paul, how can people find out about all of this? Wow. All of this! <laughs> all of this! <laughs> Well, listeners at home, uh, first off, join me in uh, giving Christopher Bond of Baby B Media a manly round of applause for recommending yeah. Mr. Nanny of the Universe, whatever this film was. <laughs> a beefy bicep um, applause. M. Biceps, the Mr. Nanny story. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Gmail, OGTPod. Send us an email, Gmail, OGTPod at gmail.com. Find us on Podbean, yeah. iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, projected onto the sides of horses um, in, on, a new, <laughs> on an early spring day. But uh, you've got to catch them quick because they sweat. <laughs> you can also find us on the A Lot of Green network, of which we're very proud members. Find us and other very good Australian podcasts. You just have to go to a lot of green.com. Ow! And, uh, well, you'll get everything that I just said right there. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. What more do you want from me? <laughs> We're trying our best. I mean, I don't do this for fun. <laughs> I watch Masters of the Universe because it's a laugh. I, I, I watch it for you. <laughs> the bovine public. <laughs> God, we love you. We love your beefy qualities. I'm Paul Beef. I'm Beef Paul. And remember, one good thing about the canon group's Masters of the Universe is the bit where Richard Nixon recites Shakespeare. Shakespeare.